Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Game time decisions continues. Get on the grid. SB Nation Radio, the loudest station in the nation. I am Gabriel Morenci. You can tune in to Game Time Decisions with me, Morenci, and the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart, and all of our cool guests uh, that we bring into the rotation. Although I'm not going to lie, it is a little cooler. And we have a bunch of games uh, to lay it down on. Uh, but we were betting on like 26 games a night uh, before. So we're learning <laughs> discipline right now the hard way. Oh, oh it's the a hard, hard way. It's a hard lesson of discipline. I miss uh, your boy, uh, Lindsay the Legend, and all the friends that you made as the mayor of the Meadowlands who used to come on the show. That's the thing. We were really rocking. Like, right before COVID-19 hit, our horse picks were <laughs> money. We were knocking them out of the park that night. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. The last night, the last night uh, ever that we were at uh, the Meadowlands, uh, we went, uh, we were crushing it. We went 4-0 with the horse picks. Uh, the last four tickets. I still have a winning ticket, actually. Uh, that I've never cashed. And I still have a Raptor ticket to win a division that is still up in the air right now. But I don't know, what am I going to do? The window is closed. Like the, yeah. the, the, you know what I mean? I guess I can call them and ask them what the deal with the ticket is. But a lot of uncertainty in this world uh, right now. There's a lot of uncertainty around the National Football League uh, draft. We've done the best job that we possibly could. Breaking down these draft props on a daily basis. We'll get back to it. But let's just take care of a couple of loose ends. Uh, we still have more draft talk coming up. Me and Cam will share our best bets uh, we'll be on before the draft as well, uh, right here on SB Nation Radio with our best bets. But uh, Gil Manzano will join me uh, from the Orange County Register. We'll talk about uh, the Chargers uh, situation. George Kurtz uh, will step up and in Sports Grid's very own George Kurtz, big Islander, Yankee, and Dallas Cowboy uh, fan. So we'll get Kurtz's take on uh, what's going on uh, right now uh, with the Dallas Cowboys heading into this uh, to this draft where they have the 17th. Uh, pick in the draft. All right, so speaking of the Yankees, former Yankee player, um, Alex Rodriguez is linked to a purchase with J-Lo of the New York Metropolitans. And I didn't realize this, but only the Mets. Like, the Mets find a way all the time, like, even... Like, the Mets managed to hire and fire a manager without even playing a game. Like, the Mets have had three (laughs) managers in, like, the last, like, year type of thing. All right, so... Yeah, there's always something with this team, even when things are going well. Look, Noah Syndergaard gets hurt. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah it's frustrating because they got some great young talent on that team. Noah and I Syndergaard put that got in. mad cow disease too before. Yeah, didn't he have like? Yeah, he's got mad cow disease. Yeah, yeah, he, it Earth was called HN1, but yeah. it was actually the mad cow, whatever. Yeah, like he's got a lot of weird stuff. Hand and foot and mouth. Oh, yeah, hand, foot, mouth, whatever. <laughs> same thing. It was the yeah. HN1, whatever the hell it was. Right. Everyone's a pandemic expert now. Uh, But so only only the Mets. So the Mets actually had a sale fall through for $2.6 billion. And only in Bizarro Met World, if you remember, they wanted the money now, but they didn't want to hand over control for five years of the team. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. They said, yeah, we'll sell it to you, but we run the team for another five years, but you pay us now for it. Oh, wait. So... And the guy was even somewhat willing to do it. Like, the guy already owned, like, 7% or 9% of the team. So it, it seemed, like, natural. He's like, you know what? There was no reason. Like, Steve Cohen, he's like, I was already minority owner. I don't know how things imploded. Like, there wasn't, like, he came from the outside. And, you know, he wanted to be on the board to make decisions. Which, obviously, the guy just gave you $2.5 billion. Like, he should... Because he said, you can't just run the team into the ground over the next five years and me don't have a vote, right? So <laughs> only the Wilpons, right? This is so amazing. I saw Darren Rovell tweet, the new value of the sale of the uh, the Mets, 1.6. They lost a billion dollars in the sale so far. Brutal. Good job, guys. Brutal. So Brutal. It's funny because... Um, when, 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 when it broke and the story came out on Twitter about, oh, and I saw the story about uh, about Alex Rodriguez and J-Lo. Right away, somebody sent me a tweet and said, Yankee fans won't like this. And I responded, I said, Met fans won't like this. <laughs> exactly. Like, nobody's well, going to like well, this. But Well played. You know, if you think about it, though, <laughs> if you think about it, I was thinking, number one, they don't have the money. 
Like, you're, they don't really have billions of dollars. Like, J-Lo's loaded, A-Rod's got it's some loaded. money, but they're not rich, rich, no. rich. There's differences. They're going to need another person as part of their gang. But then, look, Derek Jeter got a team. Oh. Uh, the Marlins were a hell of a lot cheaper. And you know, I see, you see uh, Jeter. <laughs> Did he? G G Jeter, yeah. Jeter's going to, um, he's given up his salary, Jeter. Uh, yeah. You know how much his salary is? $5 million. He makes more than any player on his team. Go down to their P.O. box and get chased by Marlin men? Yeah, and the Virgin yeah. Islands. Exactly. <laughs> like, what, like, what's the Marlins? Like, honestly, what's the, who's the highest paid player uh, on the Marlins? I, I, they're uh -huh. not making that much. No, you know what I'm saying? Peanuts. Their entire, so their opening day payroll was $76 million. Miami Marlins salaries. All right, there's a few dudes. Yeah, like they, you know, like Corey Dickerson's been in the league a while. I like Dickerson. He makes eight million. Jonathan Villar makes eight million. Those are the highest paid players on the Marlins. <laughs> eight million. <laughs> Good value. I don't know if that gets you an <laughs> inning with Bryce Harper. <laughs> so I'm just saying, look at like Jeter's making five mil for a team that doesn't make any money, bro. And he's always crying about no yeah. money. You're making five million. Yeah, so you'd be like talking about highest. excessive CEO payment. Yeah, you'd be the third highest payer paid player on the team. Like the guy yeah. that runs the Yankees deserves five million. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not even three million. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, what do you want? Five mil to run the Marlins, bro? How about a Think about that. He made five you, million dollars last year. What would you? What would you I know Jeter's a legend <laughs> in New York, yes. and you know it's sacrilegious to say anything about him, but his reputation is taking a hit over the years. You see. He's like a hedge fund guy. He doesn't care about the Marlins. He's going in there. He paid himself $5 million a year for a team. He's got a $76 million payroll. He gets luxury revenue sharing from the other owners. Good point. Like, it's just, it's a scam. I remember, oh, yeah, like he inherited the debt as part of the team. And then he said, no, no, I don't really yeah. even know. That, that's in Miami. Yeah. And our office is not even here. Like he set up an office basically in the Cayman Islands, essentially, and yeah. like the Virgin Islands and stuff. Offshore. To be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. To run away. Like the, the Florida Marlins head office. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Marlins man found it. Yeah, the right. Florida Marlins head office is a P.O. box. Amazing. It's a P.O. box. <laughs> I know it's true. Like Derek Jeter is running, like this is what he's running, a P.O. box. <laughs> like if anyone, if Laurie did this or anyone else did this, they'd be all over. Oh, that's, yeah. Jeter just gets to do Like I, I'm amazed. No one even brought this up. They were like, dude, you were paying yourself $5 million a year to run the Marlins in your first year? That's craziness. On that's, a team that was losing money? Yeah, that's excessive. It is. And really excessive. I know Brady buys his place. Screw them both. Uh, you know, I'm just <laughs> sick of it all. Uh, you know, like, you know, the Marlins will probably want a government bailout after. I still like their wins total at the start of the year before COVID-19, but uh, that's a story yeah, for you know, that's, well, that's <laughs> a story. So, so, so we, were both, we were both bullish on the, on the Marlins winning a yes, few sir. games. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> Uh, Tommy Z says, how do you think Yankee fans, Tommy's a Yankee fan, how do you think Long Island, how do you think Yankee fans treat A-Rod if he buys the Mets? I hope they don't treat him well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got to tell you, since that, like, change. Whatever, I'm, not, dude, I'm not really down. Like, here's the thing. Is A-Rod really a Yankee? No. No, I don't even feel yeah, man. Ranger to me. Like, you know, here, here's the thing. When I when I watched the whole thing with A Rod, you know, players call him out, call him a phony, and the whole cake thing, that just intensified my like how phony the whole situation was. Like you're not even gonna have an own piece of birthday cake on your birthday cake in the setup when J Lo comes in. Like, who, come on, Gabe. One of the biggest it, phonies ever. Yeah, it was it was actually one of the well, phoniest let me tell you things ever. I wish I, I wish sports fans could buy teams, but they don't got enough money. That's I think A Rod though would want to win. Oh, I agree with you. I'll, I'll say that. Well, see, in New York, damn right. Yeah, like, he, you he, know what I mean? Like, Derek Jeter. Jeter for, for the Marlins. Jeter got the Marlins to sit in the luxury box and make money. Jeter, like, is fleecing the system, knew the system, and, and manipulated it. But the thing is, everybody manipulates the system in Florida. Lori and Samson did. This is just, you know, that's that Marlin franchise. That's what it is. It's like a hedge fund for, like, rich guys to come in and fleece the state uh, of Florida and the city of Miami. Uh, over, but Alex Rodriguez is like, it sounds crazy to say he's more competitive than Jeter, but A-Rod like would want to win. Like A-Rod's so vain. He then, you know what? It's almost a competition with Jeter in the same division. Like A-Rod and J-Lo 
they would sign players. I don't think they would turn the Mets into a laughing stock. Like, I think they would spend money. A-Rod knows baseball, too. Like, he was a great player. He is smart and stuff. I mean, he says dumb things on TV. Like, remember when he said it's better to have a uh, two-run, uh, said it's better to have a one-run lead than a two-run lead. <laughs> really? And they're like, why? They're like, it's in a situation. And yeah. everyone was like, no, it isn't, bro. Like, no, you're better no, having a two-run lead. I like, think yeah, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, but you're absolutely right. And in New York City, too, they're there all the time. It's one of those things that everything they touch, they want it to be the best. And I agree with that. And you bring up a great point with Jeter, right? In that Florida situation, it's been this way for a long time. It's the Marlins situation. It is a scam. It is a fleece job, and it's ridiculous. But with those two and the limelight there, do you think they want to come last in that division? I'm not really down with, you know, hey, I prefer other ownership, game. But if that if push came to shove, I agree with you. I think they'll try to – they wouldn't uh, make the team tank. I think they'd work hard at it. All right, so Wu Dizi, a uh, real good question here. You're down to your last $100. You love two games – uh, on the schedule. Do you play a parlay for $100? Or do you play them individually for $50? And trust me, I've spent many, uh, many nights sitting in front of a computer pondering that, what do I do? Do I parlay this? Do I do this or that? My own personal opinion is, if you love the both games and you're down to your last 100 bucks, parlay. Of, not, I, think, I knew you were going to go parlay. I'm saying uh, individual games. Okay, I'm going to go parlay because it's down to your last money anyway. And if it's 2.6 parlay, then we got some real, if you hit it, you got some more money in your account to deal with and we can really build that fund. And we've done that a lot. Taking but if one very of the games little loses, scrap. then your yeah, account's done. I know, but you're still going to lose the juice on the other, but you're, yes, you're right. You're but still, you're still, still alive. Money. Yes, you are alive. You're, you're, you're on life support. I'm bringing out the paddles, but you're still alive. Yeah, that's right. You're still alive. Barely, um, but uh, yeah, I like the parlay, but... All right, so me and Cam disagree on this one. I'm going... Uh, now, I'm not going to lie, though. When when you are down to your situation. last 100 or 200, you do start playing a couple of parlays on the way out, right? Like, there is that, all right, you'll start playing two-game parlays, two-game parlays. That's but the thing is, if you're down to your last 100 bucks, means you were probably pretty cold. Yeah. And you're not hot to begin with, right? Because you're down to your last 100 bucks. So yeah, that's true. I've, done, I've done them both before, Cam, actually. And I found I'd rather live uh, to fight another day. That's my mentality. Like, I've done it a few times where it's like, yeah, screw it, I'll play the parlay. And if it hits, it's great. But I remember, I, it's a great question, because I remember right before the shutdown, I had this problem. I remember I stood in front of the kiosk at FanDuel deciding. It was like late night, like Long Beach and Pacific games. Yeah. And I was like, do I parlay Long Beach with Washington or do I not? And then... I ended up parlaying it, and I went one and one and lost. I was upset. And then I learned my lesson, and a couple of nights later, in another account, I was down uh, to the last, like, 8800 bucks. Same thing. Like, this question's perfect. And I remember I played basically like this. I think I played two $75 bets. I got back, like, one third. I was mad that I, like you said, I lost the juice. I'm like, man, I keep going backwards here. I was down to the juice, but then I popped it. Boom, and I got it back up. So my mentality is, Cam, I'd rather live to fight another day. No, I understand. And one quick thing before uh, we get off the topic. I think, and I've seen it happen before with Visine Vince and me and stuff, if you have the patience, betting dogs with your last little bit of money instead of a big, big favorite is also a way to save your account. But you're very, very timid, Gabe. It's what you said. Like, you're down to that money. You're probably running cold, so you're not seeing things properly. But I built more accounts by betting dogs late and then uh, starting it up again. All right, uh, Muhammad uh, Jama steps up. And what up, Muhammad? Is uh, Jordan Love going to be taken in the first round? You and I yeah, were talking yes. to him in a 19 and a half. First he round, says yes. He loves the overprop. <sighs> you don't think the Patriots will take him there if he's sitting around there? 20, what, yeah, what are they? 20, 20 something, 26? Yes, yes, he will be gone in the first round. There's teams that will that that are late that would yeah. take that would go go. We can't leave this guy to the second round, right? All right, listen, Cam, we got a couple of minutes before um, before Gil Manzano steps up and then we talk some Charger uh, football. What are you looking at? What are you looking at for your best bets right now? We'll lock them in once again tomorrow, but tomorrow uh, the draft, and I've noticed, guys, because of the virtualness of the draft, they're going to be taking it down as the draft starts. Um, I've seen the cutoff time, 645 at some places. So listen, we're going to be on at six. Yeah. We're going to come out out of the gate tomorrow. Boom, boom, boom. Bet. Bet. Rapid fire with our best bets. Uh, but as the countdown is on right now, what are you looking at? What do you, what do you, you, know, you already have quite a bit locked in. What do you got? 
I got uh, Lamb at plus 145. That's locked in. I have uh, Werfs under exactly what you're doing with that bet. It's locked in. Simmons, I bet, gave the six and a half over. Uh, that's going to be interesting because a lot of people have him going to the Giants at four. That's going to be an interesting bet. We have over with Jalen Hurts. I forget what number we had. Was it 60? I forget the number we have with Hurts. 62 but, and a half. Yeah, 62 and a half over. And then I have a couple parlays. Komet and uh, McKinney parlayed. I'm, I'm surprised they actually let it. They don't let you do three-player parlay props, but two, uh, both of them. Komet, the first tight end with uh, McKinney, first safety, even money. Interesting. I like that. All right, you know what I'm going to lock in? It's a, you know what? I'm known for my long field goal props, so why not make one of my best uh, NFL draft props uh, Rodrigo, Hot Rod Blankenship, <laughs> to be the first kicker taken in the National Football League draft. And, in fact, I think he'll probably be the only kicker taken. <laughs> Uh, well, you know what? Tyler Bass might get selected in like the seventh yeah. round, the last round type of deal. They, a couple of these guys might get drafted late, but it'll probably be free agents. But a couple of them might actually. But uh, Blankenship will get drafted. Oh, yeah. I don't think he'll be a free agent. Somebody will that, pluck that. him in the fifth round, the sixth round. Somebody will pluck him. They're not going to take him in the third round, the fourth round. Fifth to seventh round for Rodrigo Blankenship is minus 163. I think he will be the uh, the first kicker taken. I'm going to play under five and a half wide receivers taken in the first round. I like this one. And the number's plummeting, guys. It was plus 180. Now it's plus 150. It wouldn't surprise me if it was plus 125. I just don't see where the six wide receivers are going to come from. We talk about it. Uh, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Ruggs. Justin Jefferson. That's four. Okay. Denzel Mims seems to be in a lot of mock drafts right now at five. T. Higgins. Who's that six? T. Higgins? T. Higgins' prop is 34 and a half. The odds makers are telling you they don't think he's going to be taken in the first round. The prop is 34 and a half. It's not 28 and a half. It's not 29 and a half. It's not 30 and a half. It's not 31 and a half. So they're saying 34 and a half. I'm going to go under. The Jalen Hurts prop I like a lot. I'm locked in on this one. Jalen Hurts over 62 and a half, which basically means I don't think Jalen Hurts is going in the first two rounds. No, I don't. I already made a bet of him to be drafted in the third or fourth round at both plus money. Yes. So why not? Yeah, and I don't, you know, I really don't see it. I don't, I think Jalen Hurts is a good football player. I think Jalen Hurts is going to help a football team, but I just don't see him getting drafted in the first two rounds. There's too many good uh, players uh, available out there, and you're not going to need to take this guy uh, that, uh, that high. Um, another one, Cam, I'm going to go, and it's funny because I didn't really like him at Washington all that much, but it's irrelevant. I know he makes big time NFL throws, and I know that an NFL general manager is going to draft the kid. And I'm going to go Jacob Eason under the 47 and a half as well. Yeah, I hope he, I hope it works out. I like him under. And But remember the last quarterback taken, uh, Jake Locker, one of the biggest busts ever from the University of Washington. Different style of quarterback. <laughs> True. But yeah, I thought I thought he was going to be better, didn't you? I did, but anyway. Yeah, that, he was a great college. Yeah, you know what? He regressed at college, though. He was really good, and then he sort of got worse, and he came into the NFL. It's a long list. Uh, the highway is littered, uh, Ken. The road to hell was paved with good intentions when you're talking about... Uh, the National Football League draft. All right, me and Cam will have our best bets uh, tomorrow, leading you into the draft right here on SB Nation Radio. We got Gil Manzano going to talk. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Get on the grid, sports grid, and of course, the loudest station in the nation, SB Nation Radio, as we continue to break it down, the countdown of the National Football League draft continues. We promise we talk some Charger uh, football, some L.A. Charger football, unlike so many that still make the mistake and call them the San Diego Chargers, although their new uniforms look a lot like the San Diego Charger uniforms. Gil Manzano steps up and in Orange County Register. Gil, thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, I've been up uh, all, all day looking at those uniforms. The Chargers had a 645 Pacific uh, unveiling of the uniforms. I, I'm, I'm up and ready for this uh, interview to talk more, more Chargers draft. Yeah, I tell you what, I'm excited, actually, for, for the National Football League draft, as everybody is. And, you know, it's a lot, you know, so much stuff around this Chargers, actually. Never a dull day, really. So, Phillip Rivers is gone. I mean, the mainstay, the staple, the face of the, of the franchise, no longer there. Melvin Gordon no longer there, moving into a new stadium uh, right now. Um, and then, of course, all this happens. 
So there's there's, just, there's seemingly always drama around this football team. They keep on telling people like we, we you know I see the World Series of Poker. Gilbert was just recently canceled or postponed. Uh, I think we're playing real poker now because the Chargers are saying Tyrod Taylor's our quarterback. Tyrod Taylor's our guy. We're happy with Tyrod Taylor. And now the Giants are thrown out there. Oh, we like Justin Herbert, right? And I think, you know what I mean? I think everybody can see that's some Snoop Dogg type of smoke that they're throwing out there. But we have a game of poker going on, don't we, Gil? Yeah, I like that uh, Snoop Dogg reference there uh, from from uh, the early 90s there and Dr. Dre. Uh, but you're, you're right. It is kind of a bit of a smokescreen kind of game, especially between the Miami Dolphins and the Chargers. And, and like you mentioned, the Giants are trying to get in there. But I think the Giants are just trying to, you know, lure trade from the Chargers, especially if the Dolphins kind of move to number three and trade with the Lions. And and if you're Gettleman there with the, with the general manager of the Giants, he's like, hey, if you, if you want to ensure you get a quarterback, a guy to replace Phillip Rivers, you got to trade up. Give me something here. Uh, so if, to kind of ensure that nobody like like maybe a team like the Raiders or the Jaguars moves up and takes a quarterback you want. So a little bit of poker bluffing going on. Uh, but the good thing is we're two days away to finally figure out what the Chargers are going to do. I think we're all leaning a quarterback. So, so if you're Tom Telesco, the GM, you got to decide, do you wait at number six to get your guy? But history has kind of shown over the years when it comes to the draft and you need a quarterback, you got to trade up. So it wouldn't surprise me if the next couple of days the Chargers trade up to either number three or number four to ensure they get either Justin Herbert or Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, I got to believe that there's somebody's going to try. I think people are liking Tua more than they let on. I've always found it interesting, though, from a Chargers perspective. You know, Phillip Rivers held them back last year. Let's just be real. He turned the ball over a million times. There was no arm strength. They, you know, they were in football games anyways. And this is a football team that's a competitive team, in my opinion. I don't know why they never really looked at bringing James Winston in. As opposed, like, you know what I mean? And you have a big draft pick. You could get another real impact football player uh, with the uh, with the sixth pick in, in the draft. And, and bring in James Winston, who is like Phillip Rivers. You know, he throws touchdowns, but without, you know, the... Yeah, he throws interceptions, but he also throws touchdowns. Rivers has only thrown interceptions. Did you have, did that ever cross your mind? Did it ever come up considering, have the Chargers ever considered it, or they just figure, no, Tyrod Taylor's good enough? You know, I don't think they have. I think with Cam Newton, they probably did. But we, when it comes to Jameis Winston, which is, you know, kind of strange because he's younger, uh, he's durable. Cam, Cam Newton hasn't proven that the last couple of years. But when it comes with Jameis Winston, the interceptions, when it's, it's a problem. I think when you throw interception, uh, throw 30 interceptions in a season, which that sounds like a lot just saying it, 30 interceptions in a season, uh, Anthony and Lynn, the head coach of the Chargers, he really values ball security. Like, I know last year he couldn't say too much because Philip Rivers, oh, yeah. you can't criticize the face <laughs> of the franchise. But you could tell it was just bothering him, frustrated with all the turnovers, especially those those late game turnovers that are national primetime TV. The, the, the game in Mexico City comes to mind where Rivers had four interceptions or the one on Thursday Night Football in Oakland, uh, those were winnable games there for the Chargers. And, and, you're, and you're, when you're throwing prayers there, when you got the game on the line, I'm sure that really bothered Anthony and Lynn. And to kind of bring in Jameis Winston, who is younger and has better arm strength, I'm sure for him it's, it's a little scary. But the thing about that is he already has a guy in Tyrod Taylor, the guy who kind of fits a guy he wants, mobile, Who doesn't uh, turn accurate. the ball over much. That's the one thing with Tyrod. Yeah, that's, that's, that's ball security is pretty good for him. But when it, yeah, it, it, he plays it too safe. But when it comes to Anthony Lynn, he likes to run the ball, protect the ball, uh, move the chains, uh, kill the clock. So I think when it comes to James, I feel like Anthony Lynn is more of a cautious coach. Uh, that's why I feel like maybe Cam Newton is a better fit for him. But yeah, you're right. Uh, we have a roster that's kind of ready to win now. Why not just you know go for a free agent like Cam Newton or James Winston and get and use that number six pick to kind of build around your roster. Perhaps a left tackle or, or even a linebacker like Isaiah Simmons would be very intriguing. Uh, but I feel like the Chargers uh, want to finally build for the future and get a quarterback. I think this is probably the real quarterback search since, you know, Philip Rivers in 2004 or even Drew Brees. So I think at the end of the day, they're going to look back and say, hey, we got to get that quarterback, especially on a rookie deal. When you got a quarterback on a rookie deal, you can make a lot of moves in the future. Well, you know, as we're a conversation with Gil Banzano of the Orange County Register, and one thing you know, the Los Angeles market well, um, you know, the Chargers' popularity is obviously not there right now, but it could be, 
right, with the right star player. And you saw the Rams, there was a resistance to the Rams, and they came back, and as they got good, people jumped on the bandwagon. Seems like really the Lakers and the Dodgers, and I used to live in L.A., that'll have that currency that, you know what I mean, people are going to support no matter what, and then it sort of becomes a bandwagon whether you win thing or not. And I'm just looking at the Chargers, and you sort of need a face to the franchise, don't they, right? You're moving into this new stadium. You're competing with the Rams. If you had a Tua, I find it interesting. I think the Chargers have done a nice job. I don't know who they like more. Everybody sort of thinks Herbert because he's always West Coast, but that's just kind of primitive, low-hanging fruit. And something that you just said that, you know, sticks out to me, Anthony Lynn, as you stated, being a running back coach, and, and his, you know, he's, that's who he, his nature is. He doesn't like turning the football over. Herbert does. Tua doesn't. Tua is incredibly smart, high football IQ. What are you hearing? Who do they actually like better, Tua or Herbert? You know, that's kind of the, the, the big money question to kind of figure out. You know, if I, if I had a guess, I feel like they're probably, they're probably split right now uh, between, you know, the, the front office, the, the owner, Dean Spanos, and maybe Anthony Lynn, who's really big on Tyrod Taylor. I, I think it, it could be, uh, you know, a decision between Tua, Herbert, and Tyrod and help out Tyrod. Uh, but I think by now they should figure out who they want. Or maybe it's a kind of wait-and-see approach. Who does Miami take? And maybe we're okay taking the second guy. But I think you're right. I think Tua checks most of the boxes. He, he, I know you mentioned Herbert's a West Coast guy, but Tua is from Hawaii. You know, I know yeah, uh, yeah. the Pacific Ocean right there. And I think he wanted to go to USC before he went to Alabama. Uh, and the star power, that's the thing that they really want. Going into a new stadium, SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, you got to sell a lot of tickets. And I feel like Tua is a star power. Thing about Tua is the medical concerns. You don't know he's going to be healthy for the next five to ten years, and that's probably a big concern for the Chargers right now. But if he didn't have the medical uh, concerns, I think Tua will probably be their player number one. Uh, but I think Justin Herbert is also an intriguing prospect because he has so many tools. It's just he's not as polished. He might not be ready to go, and it's it's more a uh, risk down the line when it comes to football. But you're talking about Tua without the injuries. That guy's ready to go. Uh, but it, it depends on the Dolphins. The Dolphins want to get Tua, then the Chargers are probably going to miss out there. It's sort of like, uh, it's, a, it's interesting that Nick Saban brought up that he sees the correlation to teams passing on Tua in the same way that he passed on Drew Brees uh, due to the health concerns at the time. And it sort of comes full circle once again that here we are with Miami uh, in that situation. I think, Tua, I think Tua is that good. I think Tua is that good. I think the upside is so high. It's worth the gamble. Every one of these kids is a gamble, Gil, as you know. Right, they're all gambles. To me, the upside, I, I think Tua can be better than Joe Burrow down the road. I think Tua's that star. And he has that star power about him. He has an aura about him that you could put on billboards in Los Angeles and say, hey, buy Charger season tickets. I think more so than Herbert. Now, you don't, you don't draft players to sell tickets. Some teams do, and it usually ends poorly for them when you do that. You know, listen to the fans. You end up sitting next to the fans. The saying goes, they say. But to me, man, Tua's just that good. Herbert can make NFL throws. I know he's a nice prospect, but I think Tua is special, Gilbert, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. When, when you watch him play, he's already at the point where he can could, he could make accurate throws. He can make he could read defenses. He could, he could play fast without making mistakes. Uh, when, when it comes to calling, calling a quarterback a point guard, that's who he is. And when you look at the Chargers roster with Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler and Mike Williams and Hunter Henry, those, those guys need a, a guy who can operate and be a leader. And if you want to win now, I think Tua is the guy who's ready to do that. And then also, I keep looking at, at, at more things of why the Chargers might take Tua. Uh, Tua is kind of a, a West Coast kind of offense guy. They kept Shane Sykin as an offensive coordinator. The yeah. former coordinator was Ken Wizahunt. Ken Wizahunt is kind of he's training uh, Tua Tagovailoa in Nashville right now, so he knows the system, especially in a weird off season where you probably won't even get to see your coach until maybe August. Who, who knows September. Tua kind of already knows that playbook from working working with Ken Wizahunt. So well, if you want a guy to win now, you want to sell tickets at the same time and have a big marquee attraction, I think Tua's a guy. It's just the, the big issue for the Chargers to figure out. Are you thinking about 2020 or do you got to consider 2022 or 2025 and all the many years to come? I think the one plus side about a guy like Tua is, too, there's the potential for 2020. And, you know, there's a potential that he's better in 2023 and 2022, et cetera, but there's potential that he can play at an elite level right out of the gate. And, you know, not every rookie does, right? But I think a lot matters with the talent that they have around them. And, you know, we've almost seen the theme in the NFL recently, Gil, in which teams are having success. 
tax on rookie deals, and they're not making a lot of money, and um, they're not making a lot of money, and then the teams are able to spend money. Look at, like, the Rams were a good example of that, right? They threw money around everywhere else. The Kansas City Chiefs have had success like this. The Cowboys had success uh, like that with Dak Prescott able to sign other players because they weren't paying Dak a lot of money. That seems to be a theme right now, actually, in the NFL, that you expect the young guy to contribute right away. Yeah, and just looking at salary, you know, looking at the salary cap, when you got a quarterback on a rookie deal, it, it allows you to be flexible with other contracts that are coming up. Uh, for the Chargers, they got to pay Joey Bosa eventually. Uh, that could be a looming holdout coming up, you know, this summer if we are going to a regular training camp. Joey Bosa is due to be a free agent in 2021, so you got to pay that guy. You know, it's going to come out, come out a lot of money. Uh, star wide receiver Keenan Allen has one year left on his deal. Uh, pass rusher Melvin Ingram. Hunter Henry signed for the franchise tag. Also, he's going to be a free agent if they don't get an extension done this summer. So you got to pay a lot of guys. Uh, but if you don't have to worry about the quarterback position, he's on a rookie deal for the next four to five years. You could pay all these guys and you know and have a run at it for the next four to five years, especially for the Chargers who, who need to make you know make a push in LA and get that get that get that following the marketing. If you're winning a lot in a new stadium and you have two on a rookie deal, that could work out in the long run. Yeah, and they, they really have to. And, you know, they're in a unique situation like that. It's not like a normal franchise. It's like, listen, we have our season ticket holders anyways. You're trying to impress new fans. You're trying to bring in new fans. You're trying to get people to buy tickets. There's so much competition. Well, when I say buy tickets, actually, I don't, I don't know about that, right? I don't think anyone's going to be buying tickets for any time soon. I, don't think, I think California's closed more so than some other places are. Um, so as far as live fans, that's another story. And that's crazy, too. You got the, the Raiders going into that new stadium uh, right now. Just what a crazy world we're in. So let me ask you, beside, we all focus in on the, on, the, on the quarterback situation, what the Chargers are going to do. What are the Chargers' bigger needs and other plans in this draft? Because they have more than just the first pick in the draft. Yeah, eventually you got to address the left tackle position. It's funny to say the Chargers have a, a very good roster, but they have openings at quarterback and left tackle, probably the two base positions on a roster. Uh, so you got to eventually fill that need. But if you get to a, a left tackle, is not as as you know critical because he's a left-handed quarterback. You already got Brian Bulaga and Trey Turner on the right side. But eventually you got to address that. That's an interesting situation, isn't it? I've heard some people talk about that. That. As stupid as it is, it's a turnoff to some coaches, right? They don't want to do everything the other way with Tua being left-handed. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a very weird scenario, but it, it seemed like the Chargers kind of planned ahead for it. They didn't really focus on the left tackle in free agency. They haven't signed a veteran left tackle, uh, and they really load up on the right side. Trey Turner is a five-time Pro Bowl or right guard. Brian Bula is one of the best of the last 10 years, so at least they're prepared for a left-handed quarterback there. Uh, but everything, they you're, everything a, you're saying, Gil, man, it sounds like, you know <laughs> what I mean, like they're leaning more with Tua more than Herbert right now. That's a great point that you just bring up because everything's from the different side now. If you're going to do it, you almost start over. And they also have uh, the 37th pick in the draft as well. Yeah. So eventually, maybe life, left tackle is not a big priority if you get Tua. I think they need a, a, a linebacker. Uh, they were last in takeaways a year ago, so you need a playmaker in the middle. And maybe even a third wide. I know Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are very talented wide receivers, but you need that that burner kind of speed guy to take the top off the defense. And you could probably find that guy, maybe not in the second round, but a third round. So if they don't go tackle, I could see a linebacker or even a wide receiver in the middle rounds. You know, they, they say that NFL drafts are won from the fourth round out. Uh, but I've always been a big believer that you don't win Super Bowls uh, in February. You actually do win them in April uh, right now. And... This is a deep draft, man, isn't it, Gil? You look like so many good players, wide receivers, offensive linemen. Um, there's some good defensive backs. There's just there's some real talent, good running backs you can pick up later and later and later rounds uh, this year. So with 6, 37, and 71, those that's three starters right there. I dare to venture even the 112th pick should be a starter as well, the fourth round pick. Yeah, when I mean, you look at years past for the for the Chargers and Tom Telesco, they usually hit on those uh, middle middle guys or, or late round draft picks. I know last year they got a guy in Drew Tranquil did pretty well as a starter for the linebacker uh, positions. Uh, Desmond King, I think, it was a fifth rounder a couple of years before that. I, I'm sure there's a bunch of guys I forget. Uh, Hunter Henry, the second round guy, not as not in the middle, but they usually get those right. But think about 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 this roster. They don't have too many needs. That's why it, would, it wouldn't surprise me if they maybe package some of those those picks to move up to number three or number number four to get a quarterback. Because this roster has not, doesn't have too many holes, uh, especially if you get to a, a left tackle is not as critical. So why not you know use a third round pick to move up? 
Man, I've been pushing this hard, Gil, and I've been, um, we're laying it down uh, legally in New Jersey, uh, in the New York, New Jersey area. And I believe that Tua is going to be a top three and a half pick. I think he's going to go in the top three. I don't think that the Chargers and the Dolphins can be patient enough. I think, you know, if they wait, they're going to get burnt and they're going to have to jump up. And I think there's going to be some craziness uh, that'll go down uh, in this uh, draft. Uh, but, uh, Gil, it was great catching up with you, man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Hopefully, you know, we have this draft, and then God knows the schedule after that, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. But I know everybody's special for football, but let's stay healthy, stay home, and let's, let's see how it goes. Hey, stay safe, Gil. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Uh, no problem. Appreciate the time. This is Gil Manzano uh, from the Orange County Register as the L.A. Chargers are on the clock, and so are we right here. Game time decision, SB Nation Radio. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game Time Decisions continues. I am Gabriel Morenci, and let's uh, do this thing. Thanks to uh, Gil Manzano for stepping up and in from the Orange County Register and talking some Los Angeles Charger football. We promised some Dallas Cowboy talk, and we will deliver. George Kurtz, Sports Grid's very own, steps up and in. How you doing, George? Doing well, Gabe. We just had Jerry Jones come on about, what, an hour ago, two hours ago, saying he's not worried about signing Dak Prescott, or it's not a priority right now. I'm sure that doesn't thrill Prescott's uh, camp there. And then he also came out and said he's not interested in take and trading the 17th overall pick for a veteran player, specifically Jamal Adams. Uh, you know, the Jamal Adams and the New York Jets, this is a, uh, it's a marriage that's uh, obviously uh, not uh, going to end well. And they're just delaying the inevitable. And a lot of people have had Jamal Adams uh, tied to the Cowboys. You know, because he says it doesn't mean it'll happen. The Cowboys are always an unpredictable team at the best of times. It'll be interesting to see now that uh, McCarthy is in the mix and how much uh, influence McCarthy has in the draft room right now. Yeah, when it comes to Jamal Adams, you think about this. The Cowboys would have trouble trading him for him anyway. Even if the, all the Jets wanted was the number one. And according to some New York writers, they they should get for at least a one and a two, maybe even two ones. But let's say Dallas, let's say Dallas did want them. Uh, how are they going to fit him under the cap? Dallas is the 21st overall team in the NFL right now as far as cap space, a little over 10 million. He's going to want more than that. And then you got other players you got to worry about as well. So I don't see how this works out for Dallas in any way as of right now. The cap can always be manipulated. We know that. But I don't think uh, Jamal Adams is coming to to Dallas. Not for not for that their first overall pick. I don't see it happening. Well, you know, one thing with the Dallas Cowboys is they like to spend money on the top. They're top heavy, and then they're thin everywhere else. And this is the problem right now. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys have invested in Amari Cooper. They've invested in uh, in Zeke Elliott. And all they're doing is, once again, delaying the inevitable uh, with with Dak Prescott. Like, are they uh, – or are they going to shock everybody and draft a quarterback, which – you know, they, they they do need to draft a quarterback, actually. Or they do need a real quarterback uh, to, to come in. Cooper Rush isn't going to get it done as, as a backup quarterback. And, you know, the fact that they're delaying so long with Dak Prescott leads me to believe that there could be something to this that, you know, is there hesitation with them to, you know, lock in a long-term deal with Dak? Because the franchise tag price just keeps going up the longer they wait. Well, when it comes to Dak, what we know the problem is that uh, came out today, the, his franchise tag is $31.4 million. All right, so that's what his tag is uh, for this season. We know he's going to get paid more than that on an average annual value per year once they sign a long-term deal. The problem seems to be, as Adam Schefter just said again on NFL Live, that the Dak Prescott camp only wants four years. The Cowboys want more than four years in a deal, and this seems to be their big haggle here. So the Cowboys do seem to want him longer, Nick, uh, Dak Prescott wants shorter. He wants to get back out there. Because once again, they want a second bite at the apple with the big TV contracts coming where maybe Dak can get more than $40 million a year in four years. Because you probably can't. When you figure how well uh, the price for quarterbacks, you probably can. Another thing to consider here for the Cowboys, and this is going to be so many teams, next year's salary cap, depending on how things work out this season, if they don't play uh, with fans in the stands, about, about a fifth of the NFL's revenue comes from that. The cap may come way down next year. It may shrink because of this. And you have Dak on a franchise ticket. You can't spread that bonus out a couple of years. So if Dallas wants to franchise him this year and next year, 
that's going to be a problem as well. And you're not the first person to mention that. You know, maybe Dallas doesn't trust him. And maybe if Tua, I specifically say Tua because he has the most questions about him, but if he were to fall to 17, could Dallas take him? Well, George, uh, I'll tell you right now, um, there's a better chance that New York City reopens uh, tomorrow than Tua falling to 17. <laughs> Some people speculate he's going to have an Aaron Rodgers-like fall. I don't. Listen, I think he's going five or six, assuming no trades. You know, I think he's either going to the Chargers or Dolphins. I think that's how it works out there. But some people are speculating because of the medicals and the fact that no one could bring him in for a visit and have their own doctors checking him that he could have an Aaron Rodgers-like fall. I don't believe that, but I'm not. I, that's what I've heard from multiple NFL people. Um, yeah, well, listen, I'll put it this way. I'm betting that he goes in the top three uh, picks of this draft. Listen, there, there's a smokescreen out there. There's people that are trying to smear him with, oh, he had a bad Wonderlick test. He didn't interview well with the Dolphins and all this crap, but that's all it is. Teams are trying to, you know, they're trying to um, basically lower the kid's value and hope they're that he lying. falls. Well, Tannenbaum comes out and says it's irresponsible, right, to, to take this kid in the top 10, yet, you know, there's a reason why Tannenbaum's not in the league right now, and he's on, you know, he's on TV, right? I mean, and, you know, Michael Lombardi's another guy whose track record isn't exactly great in the real world, so, yeah, there's not a hope in hell. Like, there's there's not a hope in hell. Well, we'll see, right? I mean, you know, stranger things have happened in the NFL draft. But the thing is, when Aaron Rodgers came out, George, Aaron Rodgers wasn't – he didn't have the pedigree that Tua has right now. Like, I get it. There's been quarterbacks that have fallen in the draft. And in hindsight, it's easier to say, oh, you can't believe you fell to 23 or whatever. But – like Aaron Rodgers wasn't as hyped as Tua and wasn't as polished and didn't play at Alabama and play in the big games and championships um, like Tua has. No, it was good. The point, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just parroting what someone else said. But the point is, I don't think Jerry Jones is, thinks that Dak, I think he'll say publicly, he'll tell you Dak's franchise quarterback great. But I think in behind closed doors, as you and I have talked about many times, they see the same thing the rest of us see. Big games, Dak doesn't necessarily show up. He's not someone who can win you a game by himself. Not yet. He needs everyone else to be playing well. The defense to be playing well. Elliott to be running well. We haven't seen Dak win that game against a good team where the other team's taking Elliott away. Can he win with just a passing game? We haven't seen that yet. I think that does concern Jerry Jones somewhat. I think that's why he had, he needs he wants him on a longer term under his contract structure. They can lower the cap room. Dallas is going to have some cap problems no matter what they do here. You know, and Jerry Jones, as you and I have discussed about in the past as well. Doesn't always like to spend money like everyone thinks he does. Now, the Dallas Cowboys, when I say a quarterback, um, I'm thinking, you know, there's another quarterback that played with two or Jalen Hurts. See, Jalen Hurts has been connected to the Cowboys. That makes sense. Jalen Hurts isn't quite ready to play as much as Tua is right now. Jalen Hurts can help you in a Taysom Hill uh, type of fashion as well. He's a great athlete if you, you get him on the field. And it gives you a little bit of leverage moving forward um, right now with Dak Prescott. Because that's what this comes down to, right? I mean, another thing is if Dak Prescott gets hurt, then the Cowboys are screwed, right? And, you know, they might be screwed if he doesn't get hurt anyways. We don't know. Maybe he's already reached his upside as it is. But it wouldn't surprise me if the Cowboys roll the dice on a quarterback in the third or fourth round this year. Oh, and I think they should. I do suppose I support that Green Bay philosophy where you drift a quarterback most years, try and develop one. If, you, uh, if it works out, great. You have someone at the very least, you have someone you can trade because you developed them. If it doesn't work out, well, hey, it was a third, fourth round pick. It's not the end of the world here. So, but Jerry Jones doesn't do that. You look at his history, and Jerry Jones is still running this draft. They never take a quarterback in the first round. They haven't done that since Walsh. And right? that was a supplemental first round pick. So they really haven't done that since Troy Aikman. They just don't do that. It's not what he believes in for whatever reason. Uh, I think they're going to take go defense first round. I think they sort of have to. They lost Byron Jones, right? He went five years, 82.5 million to Miami. You lost Quinn, maybe their best pass rusher last year, 70 million, five years with Chicago. Uh, you lost uh, Jeff Heath, who's a nobody, but still, you lost your starting safety. You lost Malik Collins, your starting defensive tackle. I got to think if Chase on is there, a pass rusher, maybe the second overall pass rusher, they're going to look at him. I think if Henderson is there, they take him and run. That's it. If those two are gone, then I think it's Diggs, Terrell, McKinney, maybe not necessarily in that order. Winfield could be there as well. If they want someone who's like Byron Jones, who can play a little safety, a little corner. 
But Dallas needs secondary help. We all know this. I think that's where they're leaning, assuming Chasen is gone. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, they do have a lot of needs, and you just rattle them all off. And that's the thing. The Cowboys, they're always about, oh, what about Dak? And what about Amari Cooper? And what about Zeke? Uh, but the actual foundation of the football team has a lot of uh, holes in it right now and leaks. You know, linebacker uh, position could get better. Um, you know, you look, Sean Lee was always hurt, and now it seems um, it seems like his replacement <laughs> uh, falls into the same vein uh, right now. And that was the knock on Vandenesh coming out of Boise State as well, that he might have been a little undersized, he was going to get banged up. The secondary is definitely going to be a problem um, as well that needs definitely needs to be addressed. At 17, you know, all you can really do is do best. You're going to be able to pick one of these guys, right? Somebody's going to be there. Yet at 17, the Cowboys really don't control their own destiny. No, they don't control their own destiny. But outside of Chaseon, I think he'll be gone. Uh, I think he'll once again, someone will select him or someone will trade up to select him, second overall pass rusher. But one of Diggs, Terrell is the high, he's the guy who everyone, he's really moving up draft boards right now, right, Terrell? And McKinney, one of them is going to be there. And I think that would solve Dallas's problem. I think Dallas might be one of these teams that there could be a couple of guys they want there and would want to trade down. But what we're hearing right now is not too many teams want to trade up. At least not the 17. They want to trade further up than 17. So Dallas probably to trade down would need a, t- a player to fall that someone else wants, maybe a wide receiver that someone else is going for there. Or they, Jerry, would like to trade down not far, six, seven picks, still get one of those cornerbacks we just talked about, and an extra draft pick somewhere along the line. At 17, it's a great draft. And anybody that watches college football, you look at this draft, George, the wide receiver, it's, it, the positions are stacked. There's some good DBs at the top end uh, here. Uh, as you mentioned, Henderson's a very good uh, football player. Shysaw's really interesting kid. Um, kid out of LSU hasn't really played that much football in his lifetime, even though he's a national champion uh, right now. He didn't play a lot of football. Like uh, he didn't really play high school football. He showed up at a camp and he ended up with a scholarship, and uh, the rest is history. Which you gotta like a kid like that, George, because it it tells you that there's a ton of upside uh, with him, right? This kid, you know, there's a lot of players in college. Some of them have peaked already, right? Like, they played on a good team. They were surrounded by really good players. And, you know, maybe that's that, that that's the level that they're going to reach. A kid like Shison is a kid that there's still so much untapped potential uh, with him, you know, now that he can get some NFL and some pro coaching under his belt. Yeah, I think because of Shison and Henderson, if either one is there, Dallas is done. They're taking him. They're moving on. You know, I think they'd be very happy with either player there. I think they like both. And both fit a need. Right? Chaisson replaces Quinn, and Henderson obviously replaces Byron Jones. I don't think Dallas will go wide receiver first round, although you can make an argument they need someone to replace Randall Cobb, who had a very nice season for the Cowboys last year. You know, Cobb went to Houston. I think that was Bill O'Brien's way of trying to uh, placate the Donja Hopkins people, the Hopkins complaints here. But they can use a slot receiver. But I don't think it's going to come for a round one. You got Cooper, you just signed him for a gazillion dollars. And then Michael Gallup, who's a very good receiver in his own end, and he's the other outside guy. But I think they will fill that slot. I think in round two would be the earliest. Round three would be the latest for me. I think they will grab a receiver in round two or round three. You know, I think they need another wide receiver for for depth. Thing is, this wide receiver class is so deep. You can get one in the fourth round. You can probably even find one in the fifth round um, if if you know what you're doing. Like I said, there's, there's probably about 18 guys uh, that can help a National Football League team, a wide receiver, if not more, you know, because there's always a couple of steals and sleepers in there, maybe 23, 18 to 23 guys uh, that could really help. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the Dallas Cowboys, as you mentioned. Um, Secondary is an issue. Linebacker's an issue. They got to get a pass rush going again. And I'm not kidding about the backup quarterback stuff. Um, it's just, it's not good enough. Cooper Rush, Clayton Thorson, it's like they go out of their way to have bad backup quarterbacks. Like, it's one thing not to invest in a backup quarterback, but this has always been their M.O., right? Uh, this has always been. They've never, you know, I guess going back to the John Kitna days when they, had, when they brought Kitna in finally. And Kitna was somewhat capable, but there's been a long history of just sort of stiff Dallas Cowboy backup quarterbacks. You are absolutely right. It's not been a Jerry Jones belief through most of his ownership. There was a time where he did have one, but for the most part, he doesn't believe in it. Like, Kellen Moore was never any good, and he was a backup to Tony Romo. You know what I mean? 
He was and Romo never really had a good backup, not late in his career. In the early part, I think that's where Kitna was there, and Kitna was solid. But I think Jerry Jones pretty much believes if Dak goes down, we're done. It doesn't matter. I, I can't put anybody in there, and I'm not saying that's right. I don't. I don't believe in that personally. And I think this year might be the the year more than any other where you need a good backup quarterback because of the virus. What happens if Dak gets the virus? I mean, he's out for two weeks, right? They're not going to shut down the well, NFL because you're guys hosting parties with thirty people, right? Uh, he's yeah, not been the like... brightest person, right? I mean, he's having these uh, practices with. Uh, I mean, so let's say your quarterback gets it. Don't you need to make sure you have a, a decent backup? He'll be out two to four uh, weeks. Who can at least win you half those games? But this is the Cowboys' problem. The Cowboys are almost like a. Um, they're like a hotel in Vegas with a great fountain outside and stuff. But then when you sit on the fountain, you fall through it because you're like, oh, this isn't, it's just kind of plaster. And, like, they're all show. And, like, you look at the depth chart of the Dallas Cowboys, and do they have a good backup at any position? Like, everything, it's like, well, without him, they're screwed. You know, without Dak Prescott, they're screwed. How good's Tony Pollard? Yeah, he's all right. Pollard's good. Uh, that's the guy I was thinking of. When you're going on, like, the one thing they could probably survive is Zeke Elliott. Because Pollard, yeah. he's not Zeke. He's but their, lines, their line isn't as good as it's been in past years, right? They got screwed when Frederick retired, even though they, they knew it was coming, but that hurts. That hurts a lot. No, and it, it, that's, it's like another problem. Like I said, like everything is sort of, you know, the appearance of the Cowboys is flashy, but when you actually look under the hood, it's like, man, you guys got a lot of problems. And you're very thin. Like the offensive line is thin, and not it's, it's not as good as the reputation is uh, from past years. The wide receivers, little thin. You got a really good one-two punch here with Cooper and Gallup, uh, but it's a little thin. Um, you know, what's the tight end situation? Huh. Well, Jason Witten's gone, right? The, the Raiders took three players from the Cowboys, Heath, Collins, and Witten. Uh, granted, they were all uh, – Heath got two years, Collins and Witten got one. Witten is probably addition by subtraction because although he was still a decent blocker, he can't get down the field anymore. Blake Jarwin will be a solid pass catcher. In the run game, how good a blocker he is, uh, there could be a problem there. And you combine that with Frederick being out as well, as you're mentioning. And I think the line has always been a little, you know, uh, overinflated anyway. But how good they are. They've been good. I don't know if they've ever been really great, great. But uh, they're gonna, they might have some problems in the blocking game as well. And if Jarwin were to go down, there's no one behind him. I'll tell you what. This sounds like a franchise going in the wrong direction to me. I think you've kind of peaked with Dak. Cooper's good, but he's not great. I'm not a big Zeke fan. He's kind of, you know, they're underachievers, the Cowboys. It'll be interesting to see what a new coach brings, like if, you know, he can light a fire under this. But, you know, we're in such a unique situation right now. Without any fans, I don't even know where they're going to be playing in any of this stuff. But I'll tell you what, I'll put it this way. Under most circumstances and normal circumstances, my money's on the Philadelphia Eagles to win the division. Uh, this upcoming year. I, you know, just the, the way that this division is looking. And we'll see if the Giants can get on track with Joe Judge. Uh, George Kurtz. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.